Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Hey everybody, what's going on? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. How the hell are you doing? I am doing just fine. Wow, thank you for spending your time with me here on Friday. Whatever day you're listening to me on here and to us and The Metal Forge and all that stuff. It's awesome. Thank you so much. So, this week I have the band Night. In particular, I have Van and Patrick here on the line we're going to be talking and you know what i got to sit down with these guys and i think everybody knows that a lot of these are pre-recorded uh within a few hours and to a few days away so i got to sit down with these guys over the memorial day weekend and just shoot the shit you know and have a good time have some good conversation and it's totally cool i I hope you dig this episode i really had a lot of fun recording it it it's it's just awesome to get to talk to a band that you know you you hear about and you look up to for even just a short amount of time and you're just like wow these guys are really fucking cool so that's what this is like to me so cool stuff anyway yeah over the last few weeks I've been purchasing some purchasing some stuff off a of Bandcamp right and it kind of started here with the electrocutioner deal when I had these guys on. And I picked up their Escape from the Catacombs tape, right? And and 
I end up getting a few other tapes in the mail as well. I got the new uh, Skullovich, uh, Bastard Cross, and Black Knife Split. And it's really cool because I really look forward to buying stuff off of Bandcamp, especially physical media. Because I don't think that I've ever not bought anything off of there where an artist, and, and, I, and I do this as well for overload and stuff, but I don't think I've ever bought anything off of there where I haven't received more than what I paid for. Like, if I have, I can't remember it, you know? Like, everybody sends buttons, they send stickers, they send notes, hand like handwritten notes, which is awesome. And not only that, but I also sit there and I get these, like, little, little miniature zine things with a lot of them. Whether it be, like, you know, with the uh, Electrocutioner, they send a copy of what's called Metal Command. And it's a little, um, it's a little zine that talks about albums and such and and like band reviews and stuff like that it's totally cool so check that stuff out if you can and then there's always the other stuff that comes up with it as well so for example the electrocutioner escape from the catacombs came with a with a d20 it has its own dice game where on the back it tells you you know the rules and what each each position of the die means and that's totally awesome to me so keep up doing that cool stuff, guys. That 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 kicks ass. And then with the Skullovich tape and the uh, the Bastard Cross Black Knife split, I, you get like a little story from from uh, Skullovich, the Legend of the Banished God, and it's awesome. You know, like that stuff to me. Building the mythos, making the scene is so fucking cool. I think a lot of people. You know, I think that's what makes these these guys special and makes people take notice of these these bands and saying, "Hey, you know what? That was a really rad thing that you put out with your tape or your CD or whatever." So, keep that shit up, keep it going. But before we get into this week's interview, let's check in with Jason Gardner here at the Heavy Metal Wasteland. Jason, what you got? Hey everybody. It's been a few weeks, but I am back in the wasteland and want to let you know about the new studio album from the legendary Thrash Titans creator. The new album is called Hate Uber Alice, and it's uh, a really, a really good thrash album. I can't say enough about it. Uh, it, it goes a little outside the normal uh, creator parameters, outside the box a little bit. Uh, for instance, there's a track called Midnight Sun that features a female vocalist. Uh, the track itself really wasn't my favorite track on this album, but it was it was a good song. It's very typical creator in many places, but also very classic metal, uh, very Iron Maiden-ish uh, a lot of times, which is good if you're into Maiden like I am. I had no issues with it at all. Uh, the core lineup is still intact. Millie Petrova, Ventor, still on, you know, vocals, guitars, and Ventor on drums. Uh, on a side note, I would like to say that I wish Lars would uh, pay attention to some of these other thrash bands and how they're playing because Ventor is 55 years old and he's playing like a madman, like he's in his tw- like he's 20 again. So Lars, when you're playing Damage Incorporated and Battery and all those other classic songs with the very fast BPM, it can be done. It can be done right. Just give a little bit of effort, live, please. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, off my soapbox. Back to the album. 
So the album starts out pretty mellow, like a very uh, spaghetti western intro, and then pretty much kicks into full-on creator mode with those little bit of twists and unexpected uh, songwriting tropes that I was telling you about. Um, if you've liked any of the past creator albums, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't like this album. The production is solid, as always. It comes out June 10th. I'm recording this on June 2nd. I got an advanced copy from a friend of mine who knew a friend of his. I've been listening to it at work for about four days straight, and I I adore it. This album is probably going to be in the top album of the year discussion, if not already. So, uh, yeah, check it out. It's available for pre-order through Nuclear Blast with some color variant options although I cannot stand Nuclear Blast uh, mailing service so I will not be getting it through them I will wait until my local record store has it or order it from a online record store that I use a lot but yeah just do yourself a favor and do your neighbors a favor and go ahead and just play this loud when it comes out there's three singles out now you can check out a video for two of them so um, yeah, like creator is back, uh, flying the flag of hate, as they say. And uh, if you're just looking for some good thrash, I don't think you can go wrong buying this album in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, again, thanks to Mark for giving me a few minutes to uh, talk about some albums I think everyone should know about. And uh, yeah, be sure to buy this on June 10th. And as always, stay safe and stay heavy. You know, I've actually not ever really been a big creator fan. I think I need to get into them more. I think I really need to sit down and listen. If you've got some uh, opinions on some creator stuff, send me the message. You know, reply to the post, whatever. Do whatever you can. Just let me know. Say, hey, start here or start with the first album. You know, it's it's great and it gets better and better ever ever every album release, whatever. Let me know, seriously. Because I want to get into more bands that are just... that I just, you know, never really listened to. So, hell yeah. So anyways, let's go ahead and get this started with Night. This is from the first album. And we're going to go all the way back to the very beginning. This is Genesis. <laughs>
All right, Metalheads. I'm being joined here on the line from the guys in the band Night, particularly Van and Patrick. Dudes, what's going on? Uh, all good, man. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. We're uh, we're really stoked to be here. And what, no, we're, thank uh, thank you all. You got it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were supposed to do this about a month ago, but schedules kind of got crazy. Uh, I know Van yep. got sick there for for a couple of weeks, and it's been like hell playing catch up on my end too. So wow, I'm glad you guys are finally here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, actually, we we all got sick. We, we got so uh, got sick at the end of the tour we did with the the winter, and we had to actually come home uh, a few days early. Like we we missed the last three three shows, and then we, we were all sick for like a couple of weeks with uh, COVID. So yeah, it it took us a while to get back to normal, but uh, we're back. You know, that is an awful experience. I'm I'm surprised we haven't heard more out in the world about bands doing that already yeah it seems like there's a lot of tours happening now and uh some of them are getting postponed or some of them are getting rescheduled but i'm just happy to see the bands are back out there touring and and getting back out on the circuit definitely it's reassuring oh for sure and it's one of those deals where it's you know, we spent two years not being able to go out on the road and actually play shows and shit like that. And then now that we're able to get out on the road and play shows, gas is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, especially here in California, man. Like, it's I, I was there about seven, a month ago. I know. Gallon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there back at the end of uh, over the weekend of Hell's Heroes. I was out in California and saw it oh. and was just like, what the shit? Right on. Yeah, everything's more expensive in California. Oh, for right sure. <laughs> for sure. So now that this is now that, you know, with the holiday weekend and everything, what is gas currently? Uh it's like driving. six <laughs> six and a <laughs> it's uh, six and a half here, like six uh six point four, six forty. Like I, I yeah, it's it's crazy. That's it insane. went up from yeah. Yeah, because when I was there it was between five and six. So yeah, yeah, I, that's insane. It's, it's interesting because it definitely it adjusts your um, budgets for for tour and for really like kind of knowing what you're going to spend every day and every week when you're out on the road. You have to factor that in. Plus your like hotels and th- those prices have gone up too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, touring right now is a very challenging prospect for bands. So I just get really like excited and I'm just so stoked. Like I said, to see bands going getting back out there on the road. There's a festival here this weekend in in San Francisco. The Heavy Psych Sounds Festival is happening. I'm gonna head over there in the next uh, you know hour or two when we get done with this call. And uh, just great to see bands happening. I know you know obviously MDF is this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stuff is stuff is happening, and it's just it's so inspiring as a musician to just see other musicians out there Definitely. playing and, and having a great time because it yeah it's what well, we all need to do. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And you know the interesting thing is I'm playing with you know, Anvil in a couple of weeks. And I noticed, I noticed your tour support playing, uh, planning out like Indiegogo and GoFundMe pages to help them Mm. with tour expenses. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's really crazy right now. And especially just when you're starting off the tour and you've got no shows or merch sold. So like you're starting from nothing. You're, 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 you're basically in the hole right away. So it's, uh, it's, it's a challenging prospect. So it's, I can feel that the the scene is coming back and, and everybody's 
just really excited to be, be back out there playing. Oh, for sure. So uh, any of the listeners out there, when you're stopping by these shows, make sure you buy some merch and all of that stuff to help these guys be able to get home. Because for me, that's always been my most like irrational fear is not getting home from tour <laughs> and having, you know, being stuck in like Wichita, Kansas or something and, and being like, well, I guess I live here now. <laughs> yeah. So tell yeah. everybody out in Metal Forge land about the band Night. Uh, so we're uh, a band from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we've been we've been around for um, around four years now. Um, uh, we released our debut album in 2020 uh, via Creator Destructor uh, Record, um, which is a label from the Bay Area. And um, uh, we just released our second album uh, via Season of Mist uh, on. Uh, the 25th of March, 2022. Um, uh, we play, um, I, w- I like to call it heavy metal. I don't, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm in a minority here. Many, many people don't really <laughs> call it on that. Uh, but I guess the, the most common, uh, genre, uh, that we've been placed, uh, in is black and he- uh, heavy metal. Uh, so we play classic heavy metal with black, black metal vocals, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and uh, we uh, like heavy heavy metal a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that's um, we just came came back from the from our first tour because we the album came, our first album came out uh, right on the week of COVID, so uh, we never got to tour the first album. So that was we just managed to go on our first tour as a as a band uh, last month with Bewitcher, and uh, we toured from. Uh, the West Coast to Texas and back, basically. So we went through, uh, we went, we did a two, two week tour from California to Hell's Heroes Festival and back. And, uh, here, here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, uh, currently working on our, on our next album, <laughs> believe it or not. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we don't have any uh, current plans for a next tour, like any any solid plans that we can announce. But we are working on finishing our US run um, at some point before the end of the year. But we can't really announce anything right now for about sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, how does that work for you guys? Like you said, you you dropped your first album in March of 2020, and COVID hit just like right then. So you didn't get a chance to actually tour that, but so you went back to the stu- to the studio, did back to the drawing board, wrote a second album, and released that back in March. So how does that work for touring with with that? Because did you get bored with the the first album songs, or did you play a, a healthy mix of both both albums? How did you how did you gauge that with your audience? Yeah, you. Your timing is, is, you, you know, you, you nailed it on the, um, the timing. The, uh, album literally came out the first week of, of lockdown of COVID. So it was just like, we had no shows to play, no tour support. We were pretty much relying on album reviews, uh, word of mouth, you know, some advertising and some PR from the label. And luckily we got a great response on the first album. It did really well. It made a bunch of year end lists. Uh, it, it definitely, caused you know a, a little bit of stir in the underground which was was great for us because 
we had absolutely no way to support it otherwise. Uh, and then we knew after, <laughs> you know, prior to the first year of lockdown, even like, we're like, this is not going away anytime soon. So we already had been demoing songs for the second album. So we really just kind of put our nose to the grindstone and kept demoing, kept kind of refining. I think at one point, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Van, we had 30 some songs uh, that we were considering for the second album. And we just had to do a ton of work our, you know, internally as a band to kind of really make sure the second album was going to be a step forward and a statement that we, the band really wanted to make. And, and we feel like we were able to do that, especially given the opportunity signing with season of mist records. We have a much wider reach. Now they have a much you know bigger audience, much better distribution. They've given us great support on PR and, you know, setting up interviews and just getting the record out to people. And so once we had the chance to tour this spring, it was, you know, a great opportunity. We were really excited to play the new record, but people hadn't heard the songs from the first album. So we basically got to play like a greatest hits, you know, from the first <laughs> and second record, which was awesome for us. Like we just got to pick our favorite songs. There's also a consideration where you want, want to write a set that, you know, considers the audience what's going to be the most exciting stuff to hear. You know, for we sure. were tour, tour support for The Witcher. So we're just trying to set them up because they were the headliner. So how can we play a high energy, interesting, you know, rocking and hopefully like, you know, attention grabbing set because most people that we're getting in front of, it's the first time they've ever heard us or ever experienced the band. So that was our, that was our focus um, for this tour. And it, it worked out really great. We got a great response. Uh, the audience was super enthusiastic and uh, for a band that they'd never heard, we got a we made a lot of fans, I feel like, on this on this little run we did, which is um, yeah. awesome. Hell yeah. And a couple of points that you said in there I want to follow, follow up on. For one, you for said sure. you were opening for Bewitcher and super rad guys. Uh, uh, Andreas yeah. has been on the show before. He's super fucking cool. Uh, sure. So, yeah, there's a, there's a science that goes into that as well about picking a band that you're going to work well with and, you know, if you're in support of them – you know, you don't necessarily want to step on toes and and be the band that, you know, holy shit, they were good, but did you see this band? They were even better. You know, you don't want to be that <laughs> that guy. I get totally. that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> because you know, you kind of builds a bad buzz sometimes. <laughs> sure. But uh, but you also had said that you had thirty something songs going into the second album. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah this, is something, yeah, this is something that, I mean, to just bring us to reality, don't expect that we had 30 finished songs, right? We had 30 songs that uh, many of them were not that great. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> so, but, but still, that's, like, that's, the, that's the germ of 30 yeah. ideas that, to me, yeah. you know, I am a hound when it comes to content. And, like, that's one of the reasons, like, the Metallica box sets. I love the Metallica box sets because you get to hear all of the demo shit from there. Oh yeah, I'm only yeah. I'm more interested in the songs that they had that didn't make the cut <laughs> that you, that they will not ever let out, unfortunately. So yeah, like yeah. to me, that's like totally cool stuff because I just when you said well we had like 30 songs, I'm like what really cool. <laughs> it's like I wonder what didn't make the cut, honestly, <laughs> because well, the second album yeah. kicks fucking ass. <laughs> Oh, thanks. thanks. I mean, Thank you. 
that is uh i mean that is kind of the way we we work that is very very close to how um how our our method anyway of uh, writing music is just that uh we just write whatever comes you know we just uh i i like writing demos like uh, patrick writes uh you know comes up with like drum parts and all that and the other guys come up with parts too but we just uh have two two different stages in that uh, process we just lay down tracks like lay down uh, demos and stuff and then we have the critical listening uh, side of it so we don't want to censor uh anything coming out but we want to at some point edit that out because uh we do get a lot of random songs you know uh mm-hmm. that are are not are not really sounding like like us but um we can also like say, go say like okay we're going to make a song that sounds like like that i mean that's not really how it works i mean we just don't want to force something we don't really sit down and say okay let's strategically say that we want to make a song that sounds like fade fade to black or, or something but um so when the songs come out we we kind of direct them to different folders you know it might be the the great song folder like sides a as i like to to call them or it might be sides b or side c so okay. the cream of the of the crop kind of makes it to the end and then even though, I mean, at the end, I think we go from like 30 to like uh, 16, 17 songs and then down to eight. So the last like 12, 13 songs, to be honest with you, are all great songs. But um, some of them might not go well with each other or we might have the same song twice, kind of. So the same mood, you know, the same sure. the same setting, kind of. Or, or a song about... Uh, I don't know the 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 entrance to the underworld, you know. <laughs> so which one is better, you know? So which one fits with the album, and how do does the whole album work as a whole? So after all that editing process, we managed to come down to a, a very cohesive like eight songs, which I've always thought is a perfect album length is eight songs. Yeah, totally. Thank you. I mean, when you're getting into thirteen and fourteen track albums. For some reason, to me, it just seems like it's too long. I like a good 30 to 40 minutes, maybe 45, yes. you know, minutes of an album, you know, just sit there and, 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 uh, process. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, that's so interesting because, you know, the, the album format itself, like that time was determined by the technology, right? Sure. Like there was only so much music you could fit on a record. So bands were writing album length <laughs> records because they fit on a record album and now it's like it's become so like culturally ingrained in us that we're used to hearing it and i totally agree with you like 30 to 40 minutes of music is like what i want to hear from the band so i feel like now there's not really limitations on that most people stream and most people listen to things digitally but it still feels like the perfect amount of music to me definitely Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com We carry all the top brands, like Fender, 
We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. And weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. (laughs) Weird. It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. That's always something I've always been interested in as well, is, you know, back in the 60s and 70s and such people wrote for the medium rather than the rather than the actual what they felt kind of thing sure yeah you could have 45 minutes on on an lp so people you know if they wrote 60 minutes they had to cut whatever parts out and so on and so forth now with the with the advent of cd technology and and streaming technology it it kind of it 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 evolved into 80 80 minutes and and up so when you do find because with the resurgence of vinyl have you all found that you're writing more towards this will fit on a single vinyl Definitely. I mean, that was a big, a big reason why the second album is so much shorter than the first one, uh, because we were kind of bummed out <laughs> that our first album was a double vinyl, to be honest with you. Like, uh, uh, we were not very, very careful. I mean, at the end, I mean, we didn't really have a record deal when we, uh, when we, uh, finished the, the first album and we were not really thinking about vinyls and, and all, and all the, you know, we were just putting music out there. And then when we realized that, you know, because we had a 47 minutes, I think is the first one, something like that, that it wouldn't fit on one vinyl and it kind of bummed us out. So we, we really wanted to have a single, a single vinyl release to mimic our, you know, favorite albums of the, of the eighties, you know, that you had a, a clear side A, it was curated to start and, and finish. And then you would go into the second side. And again, it would like lead you to, to the end. Like we really wanted to, uh, craft that kind of experience for sure i gotta say i gotta say though a band releasing their first record as a double album is pretty <laughs> <bad-ass>. right <laughs> it's, it's kind of like i know we we were initially like very bummed because we were like oh this is such a hassle for the label but honestly ben uh yeah. who runs created creator destructor was so supportive and so fully behind the band that he was like no this is awesome you guys let's do a double record we're gonna do like gold foil embossing we're gonna do a full gatefold it's gonna be awesome like he just was like he went with yeah. it like he totally rolled with it and it made it feel like a very intentional you know very like bold statement for a, a band's first album to come out and just like come out of the gate swinging you know like it was it was pretty pretty cool and honestly you know a double album on on 45 rpm on a 12 inch 
pretty pretty good sounding so oh yeah, yeah, yeah i'm happy with it i'm happy with the way it all yeah. turned out for sure see and i only have it on cd so the I, this is the first i knew about it actually being a double vinyl so that's oh, totally yeah. cool yeah. <laughs> but even the cd you know i i gr- i greatly appreciate the look of the of the cd art and everything with the with the gold foil on that as well and mm-hmm. when i got it in the mail i was just like wow this is like top notch i Anything like that to me is like super cool. Like I love it when bands do foil, I, you know, because especially independent bands, because that stuff does cost money and oh, yeah. you, you always want to make the best looking product. Yeah. And how do you have those little touches? Yeah. That make you stand out from the crowd just a, just a bit. Right. Like it's, it's yeah. Yeah. And it's even, on, even on the backside of the, of the, uh, jacket, there's little foil dots separating the songs and it's totally cool because like I said, you know, you always want to have the best quality looking product out there. Even if you are in a completely trash DIY basement project, you (laughs) still want to have the, the most attention grabbing stuff out there. Yeah, man. And again, all credit to the label for that. Just having a label, behind you and that believes in you and that obviously is willing to financially support you. But I think a lot of bands, you know, are intimidated by the prospect of spending money like that because it feels like, Oh no, like we're never going to recoup our costs or nobody's ever going to buy this or what. There's a lot of fear. I think based on that, when you have a label behind you, which, you know, creator destructor, and I have to say season of mist is the same way when they believe in you, they like, it gives you so much more confidence to take those kind of risks or spend that kind of money up front because yeah, then people buy it and you're like, oh, great. Like this totally, this made the kind of statement we wanted to make and, and people understand it. So that, that's, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you enjoyed the CD packaging. Oh, for <laughs> sure. a lot of, a lot of long, uh, conversations and, and, uh, and long nights planning all that stuff out. <laughs> oh, I'm glad definitely. it was <laughs> and, you, and you're absolutely right. When a label does take a special interest in your project, it does mean something that they want sure. to have the best product out there for you as well because they know if they have a great product and you know let's just face it there there's been proven times where the product on the the audio end has not been that great but it has been like a great packaging or a great hype behind something and it sold tons of fucking copies out there totally you know just to have support from somebody saying hey we like this enough to put this out to you. What do you guys think? For sure. And, yeah. you know, and that happens on on a very base level to a, a, a huge mainstream level as well. Yeah, artwork sells records. For sure. <laughs> I'm a little bit biased. I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, so I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean to put too much weight on it, but I, I do agree with you. There's been... A lot of albums that sell really well because the artwork is unique or, you know, eye grabbing or just like make some statement that, um, yeah, that maybe even the, the music can't really stand up to. So we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to make a statement with our artwork and hopefully with our music as well, which I think we're doing. Hell yeah. And I think you're doing a great job of it. So back onto the recording thing, uh, before we switch over here is, 
you were saying how these songs would go into these great song files. These would be in like, okay, this is like all of our A side material. This is our B side material, which I, I love the, the, the fact that you know that A sides and B sides were meant for a reason. <laughs> Cause I, I think that's a lost thing. That's a lost concept in the CD and digital realm. Yeah, uh, to, to be honest with you, like I'm using those those terms in my uh, production folders, but uh, uh, I, that doesn't mean that what ended up on the on the B side of our album is a B side song because it's more it's um what I mean is that, that we have like the tier one and and you know tier two and and, and tier three, but uh, for this album like uh, side side A and side B are not lesser songs. It's just that uh, we we wanted to to have the album well, to have a clear a clearer arc. You know, so that's that's it too. That's that's the other side of it is the the mm-hmm. the arc of the album. You know, hit yeah. them out the gate, and then it kind of mellows out, and then it goes back to this big powerful exactly. ending, whatever the case may exactly. be. So yes, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a it's an arc with the album process. So mm-hmm. when the writing and recording process happens. Are you all based all around the same area? Do you have members all over the country? How does that work for you guys? Because I know Scott also plays in High Spirits in the live band. Yeah, yeah. So Scott, um, I guess, is the most recent transplant to the to the Bay Area. Um, sorry, I guess Van, Van, you and Scott arrived around the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we all live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Van and I live in, uh, in San Francisco proper. Uh, Scott and uh avanash the bass player both live in east bay just right across the um the bay bridge there and um so yeah we're all we're all local we we all rehearse in the city and you know we all have um pretty pretty direct access uh to each other for recording or for uh you know for rehearsing and and you know getting ready for tour and, and any kind of like other other stuff we need to do scott with high spirits we'll do uh fly-in tours and um they do a lot of kind of one-off festival stuff as well. But yeah, he's been doing high spirits for at least the last decade plus. Right. And he was also in, uh, in Dawnbringer with Chris, uh, as well. And so he's, you know, had a long history with, with playing with Chris Black. Uh, and he just, you know, they played Hell's Heroes Festival as well, uh, on, uh, the sun. I think they played Saturday and their set was absolutely incredible. They are, they're one of the most fun bands live yeah. I've, ha- I've had the pleasure seeing them a couple times here in san francisco but at the f- at the festival with the festival crowd the level of energy and like just it's the sing-alongs and, and, the, and, like, and the matching outfits oh the white yeah. pants oh we, we, you know, we the know way too pants. about the white pants yeah. <laughs> i so love them though i yeah, love we them t- we talk yeah. about that all the time with night with with you know, a very specific, having a very specific look and like high spirits nails that. And it's such a simple thing. It's like white plant, white pants, black t-shirt, like what could be more simple, but it's like, it's a very bold statement and it's memorable. People latch onto it and it fits their, their kind of like fun party vibes. So yeah. Well, and even down to the gear that they use, you know, the, the guitars are white and the drums are white and it's just like, you know, so it all makes this big, big deal yeah. you know so it's totally cool with those but but my point with that is is you guys are there getting together which is awesome because there's so many bands that are doing this today 
that you might have a member in San Francisco and a member in Chicago and a member in Tampa. And you just kind of pass files back and forth with each other and then get together, you know, two days or three days before a tour and just go for it. Yeah, to be honest with you, Night uh, is the the first band that I've ever been. Uh, I'm I'm like in my in my forties. Like I've been in plenty of bands in, in the last twenty five years or so. So uh, it, this is the first band that I've been that, that we're all in the same area. Like uh, it was always that uh, that that some I, I was living in Europe for a long time, and uh, it was always that I would be in uh, in uh, Germany and the drummer would be in London and the guitar player would be in Athens, and then we would all meet. Uh, in Ireland, you know, to play a show, or we would meet in France or in Norway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it has its uh, positives. Like we are definitely way more bonded than uh, you know we're more uh, a unit, uh, being in, in the same city and, and being able to practice every week and uh, and all that. But um, in the level on, on the level we are, to be honest with you, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I, th- I can easily see us working. Uh, if one of us lives, lives somewhere else, it's not that, uh, but in the, in the forming years, like when we were getting to know each other, that, that would have been really hard. Like, because when we first met, we nobody, nobody knew, uh, each other, you know, uh, for, for that long. So we, we got to meet, uh, to, to get to know each other in, in the first couple of years, get to know what we like, what kind of metal we like, how we like things done and all that. Definitely. And see, that's awesome about it, because I think it builds a a great relationship with everybody, uh, even, you know, being in the area with each other. I'm not saying that, you know, it, it doesn't if you've got the alternative, but you, again, you get to meet up. You, you don't have to go to practice. You could just go out and, and just chill out and have dinner and a drink and say, tell me about this with your life you know stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah totally i mean it's I, it's funny because i come from the exact opposite end of the spectrum as man i've always <laughs> always been in the same city a lot of times even the same neighborhood as as everybody in my band so like i'm very much used to meeting up every week at least once if not a couple times to rehearse you know to hang out and go to shows to go you know go out to dinner to like do whatever and so it's it's very much a, a community local kind of like scene based thing. You know, that said, I do agree with Van too. Like the prospect now with the technology that we have, it, it makes it so much easier to just pass files back and forth and sort of, you know, understand what somebody wants through doing like a zoom call. And I have your file. We talked about it. Let me, you know, put down my you know version of the track and I'll send it back to you like that totally works. It, and it, and it is possible. Um, that said, I do really love just being in the same city too, because it's way more fun to hang out and well, yeah, and um, pop up yeah, shows see can each other happen. all the time. Yeah, yeah, you well, never know that you could sit there and go and play, you know, a pop up show somewhere some night, and and still be able to to get up the next morning or whatever. Totally, and that and that actually you bring up you know, <laughs> and a situation that did happen with us, we got asked super last minute to open up um, for Cradle of Filth uh, on their tour. They came and played the Regency Ballroom here in San Francisco. And I think we had like maybe two days notice, uh, you know, a band had to drop off their tour 
package because of COVID. And, you know, we were able to within, I think like 24, 48 hours, uh, you mm-hmm. know, agree to play a show, go and open up at a, uh, you know, pretty good size venue, a theater yeah, size yeah. venue that we're, we're not normally playing. We're playing small clubs and, and bars <clears> and stuff right now at the level we're at. So yeah, that never could have happened if we all lived in different parts of the country. So that, that was a super great opportunity and it was, it was really fun also. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, and it was also one, one, uh, a very important show for us because we, uh, it was the first opportunity we had to play in front of a, to play a big, a big venue with a big line array system, like get actually to experience playing as a band in a, in a big room. And, we actually, it was great, but we also saw all the, all the short, shortcomings, like all the things that we needed to fix, um, in order to be able to handle such a, such a big stage. And, uh, I don't know if that thing hadn't happened, uh, like uh, six, six months later, I don't think we would have done that, that well as we did at the, at the Health Heroes Festival because we did, we did go to play a huge stage there. And the fact that it wasn't our first time and we had fixed all those issues that we had in the first show was very important. Um, I don't know. History will tell, but <laughs> I think it was a very, I think it was very important. And we, we couldn't have done that if we, if we lived in, you know, Portland and New York and London. You know what I mean? So definitely. So yeah, it, it, it was definitely a positive for that reason and that you didn't have to. You, you were able to say, okay, well, this we know doesn't work live. So let's take that song out of the set and let's try, mm-hmm. try this. Yeah. So that works. That's a hundred percent awesome. For sure. So I'm definitely looking forward to album number three, or I'm hoping you're going to do album after album. I, it seems like a lot of people just like they'll do an album or two and then they start doing EPs. So hopefully an album's coming out uh, <laughs> early next year, hopefully. So. Time will tell, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if, if, if it's going to be next year. Uh, I don't know what the what the holdups are with vinyl because imagine that our right. current album, we finished the album last July <laughs> and we had to wait uh, <laughs> eight eight months for the album to come out with all the vinyl holdups. Uh, but uh, we're, I mean, we're aiming for, to be honest with you, for a 2024 release, but if we can do it earlier, it would be amazing. Awesome. But um, but there's we're not really in a in a rush. We really want to make make sure that the, that we we craft an album that is um, uh, up to par where we want us to be, and it's exactly what we're after. And uh, we're really ha- just starting out. Right, we're like thirty percent there at the, at the moment with the songwriting. And uh, yeah, we're not gonna rush anything. We're gonna take our time and make sure that we put out something that we're very very proud of. Same same uh, same thing. As with this album, right? We really made sure that we don't put anything that we're not 100% crazy about in there. So, definitely, and that's a great that's a great uh, piece of advice to pass on to any up and coming musician. Take your time and just you know relax. It'll get there, and just just take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. 
This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling! Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over to some general profile questions about you guys as people, because that's something Mm -hmm. I like to do here, because we're all people. We all have these things about us that make us tick, and I'm just a curious person sometimes. (laughs) So... Metalheads usually are eclectic people. When we go on tour, we stop in these little roadside shops just to kill time throughout the day and shit like that, right? So there's always going to be some knickknack that we pick up that say, that's pretty cool. What do you guys collect? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. But the first thing that came to mind when you said the roadside is Bucky's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we collect brisket sandwiches. Brisket sandwiches. <laughs> Man, one of those just opened in Kentucky, and I'm I'm like, it's fucking I Kentucky. heard about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> they've got like 200 yeah, gas pumps. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome because I think only Scott and myself had, had been to a Bucky's, and yeah. So we were anticipating and really excited about it. And hopefully we didn't oversell it because we were, we were really hyping it up. <laughs> um, but it's an experience. Yeah. We were, we were all really excited about the, uh, the Bucky's because we had so much, so much Texas time in front of us. So, um, we took advantage of the Bucky's as much as we could. Yeah. We collected a lot of, uh, of barbecue. That's what we were trying to, that's what we we're trying that's, to do. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, that collect the barbecue. <laughs> that, that's good. Really, San Francisco is lacking in, in, in good barbecue. The South. 
has fully got that unlocked. So oh, for sure. And Texas barbecue yeah. is no, is is so much different than anywhere yes. else. St. Louis, Nashville, it, it's all totally. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were we were excited about the Texas barbecue. What is the worst album by your favorite band? Uh, worst album. I mean, I know that it's 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 kind of had like a renaissance, and and there was even a covers album of it at one point. But uh, Cold Lake by the uh, the band Celtic Frost is. Um, I just I can't do it. I mean, it's either that or Grave New World by Discharge. Okay. Two of my favorite bands in the world, Discharge and, and Celtic Frost have probably influenced me more than any other bands in the world. And Grave New World is just, I, I can't, I can't take the vocal. I know what they were trying to do. I get it. It just, it just didn't work. And Cold Lake is like for Celtic Frost is, I, yeah, I've come around to it a little bit, but it's, it is kind of a, it's kind of a scar in their, in their otherwise pretty okay. amazing catalog. I will say both bands I need to get more into actually oh yeah you do <laughs> everything else it's, i'm telling you though everything else in, in in their catalogs the trypticon stuff as well uh with with tom g mm-hmm. warrior and even if you want to start earlier uh pre-celtic frost check out the hellhammer um stuff because it is it's pretty raw raw brutal brutal stuff but yeah celtic frost is in my opinion one of the best bands that has ever existed definitely what about yeah, you stay away, stay away from cold lake <laughs> well um I don't know. I don't want to sound like uh, too pretentious here, but I try to like steer away from neg- from, from negative comments. To be honest with you, <laughs> like I know that you know I have I have very very clear answers here, but I feel bad like talking talking shit about my my heroes. You know that um, right. I would say that the I would say if I had to rank, you know, if I had to rank my favorite bands uh, like albums, like probably towards the last places would be uh, Virtual Eleven. From Maiden okay. and um, and Reload from Metallica, but uh, <laughs> still admirable efforts, though you know, like still they they showed up, they went to the studio, they recorded, they did, it, <laughs> did you know? So great job, <laughs> nonetheless. <That, laughs> you know, Keeping it positive there. Yeah, you know. I could get behind those as well. I mean, you know, I think everybody in the world is familiar with. Pretty much everything Metallica has done, especially you know after the Black Album. So yeah, yeah I mean Reload and Load to me could have been a great, not necessarily doing it as a double album, but if they've taken like the six or seven songs off of Load and like the the three or four songs off of Reload that that were decent enough, they could have made one really good album out of there. Totally. You know what? Actually, I have to I have to change my my comment because Reload was not the maybe the yeah I would say S and M is that what really did it for me. Like I was like holding on with Load <laughs> oh, and the, uh, re- Reload. The Symphony but, killed but it for S&M, you. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I couldn't handle that. Like I was I was very very sad about that. But uh, I mean, still we're talking about about about. Like they're the reason why I play guitar, why I like hip metal, why, uh, you know, like I like they have they have shaped my my whole life. Uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for these guys, like you know, who knows what I would be doing, right? I, I would have been a like a banking clerk somewhere. You know? <laughs> I don't know what. So you know, I, I feel really bad talking shit about uh, well, about them. You know, so I, I don't. 
I, I see what you're why you why you'd say that about you know feeling bad about talking talking shit about it. But for me, I don't think it's necessarily a talking shit factor. Is a it's it, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like it's like it had all the potential in the world to be a great album, but it's like these are the reasons why I feel like it's not. <laughs> uh, so, for sure. if you'd be like you said a second ago, you know, it, it was for those bands that changed your changed your life, or else you'd be do, being like a banker or something like that instead. So, <laughs> if you would have followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing right now? <laughs> oh, man, I, if I if we were to have followed our dreams as yeah. a child, you, you said, yeah, oh yeah, I am doing I am doing exactly that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I am right here. I know. It's. Uh, I mean, I didn't know back then that it's gonna be that hard. But uh, you know, maybe I would have changed my my dreams back there. But like, yeah. I mean, for me, guitar, playing guitar, doing music uh, every day is what I do. And uh, like, I've I've done all all sorts of jobs to to play uh, to pay uh, pay rent, and I still do. But um, music takes up like ninety eight ninety eight percent of my day. I'm also a, a music teacher. Um, yeah, for me, there's no other option. Like, I can't do anything else. I mean, I could do anything else, but I cannot. Like, I, I just wither and die if I don't do music. So, yeah, I'm doing that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think as a, as a young kid, I, I wanted to play baseball. I was super into baseball when I was, was younger, in sports in general. So I think as a kid, I would have wanted to be a professional baseball player or, uh, a professional skater skateboard <laughs> like Not i was really, like really skater. into skating and sports and yeah totally so but honestly i, I mean like, with van you know he kind of nailed it like i you know played music since i was a really young kid i started on piano i played the violin um you know once i kind of discovered percussion and and the drums around like 11 or 12 i never really looked back so that's it's it's kind of yeah it's all i think about um and I wish there was actually a way in the United States of America to make enough money as a musician to <laughs> survive. Yes. But that is not possible. Um, so we, like Van said, we do what we got to do to pay the rent and, uh, and play music when we can. Definitely. Yeah, the arts are, def- they definitely suffer in the United States, unfortunately. Yeah, we could do a whole other show just on that, I think. For sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? Oh, man. Yeah. You want to go, Van? I, got, I have a follow-up. I don't have a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I might be forgetting something, but um, I think uh, I think I'm not. I think the first show I went to was uh, Metallica and uh, uh, The Cult in Athens, Greece, in 93. At, uh, at the end... At the end of the of the Black Album tour, uh, it was like the uh, one show before the last one. Like after Athens, they they went to Turkey, and that was it. So it was at the end of that two year run. You know, wow. they, did, <laughs> they toured they toured the whole world for two years on that album. Like <laughs> that was insane. That is wild. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was I was like uh, ninety three. I was fourteen. Like 13 at the time. Yeah. My birthday was were a few months later. I was 13. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Athens in the nineties was really, it was kind of hard to describe, but the moment we arrived at the, at the show with my equally aged, uh, <laughs> similarly aged uh, friends, 
there was a, a big fight between the police and some people that, that they were trying to get in for, for free. And there was like a lot of blood everywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was, that was my, my first, uh, experience with a heavy metal show. But, you know, it was pretty awesome, I have to say. Hell yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that Metallica took the cult out with them, dude. That's so cool. I yeah. I love the cult when I was a kid. Well, I mean um, that's not that's not the first time they had taken them out either. They took them out in Justice on the Justice Tour also. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. that's awesome. That is yeah, I love I love hearing that. My my answer is not nearly as cool. But <laughs> I, have, I have to be honest. This is the first. It's the first because it's the first like memory I have of seeing live music. Uh, and I was so young that my, my younger brother and myself were there with my parents, but it was, uh, uh, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> wow. And wow. I was super excited because as you know, I was a you know little kid growing up in the Midwest. I was really in the top gun. <laughs> and so my brother and I had both made like handmade posters that said like danger zone. And like, we tried to draw like, you know, pilots on them and stuff. But just it's just it's just hilarious because it's like that that is actually my first memory of seeing live music and like I was so young that it was like it was like it took me a, a minute to even understand like oh there's like humans playing this music that are on these <laughs> tapes that I listen to all the time you know what I mean like it was just like a revelation to me so not not a very cool answer but it's it's that but was my first it, but it works that's the thing totally it got me there and and you know here for record store day uh what back in november they released the kenny loggins soundtrack collection yes so good <laughs> so good man i mean when i was working in the record Gun store is still one of my favorite soundtracks like that soundtrack is yeah yeah same here absolutely <laughs> that's cool. funny you know fun fact is i have never seen top gun in my life what I have never they just seen did another it. one too. They just did a new one. Yeah. Yeah. They just released yeah. the sequel like 35 years later. <laughs> well, I've got to be honest. It, Top Gun, uh, it does not age. Well, there's a lot of, <laughs> that's what I've heard stuff in there, but dude, it's worth it alone. Just for the like insanely homoerotic shirtless <laughs> volleyball scene playing with the boys. Oh man. It is, it is gold. That is cinematic <laughs> gold right there. You gotta watch it, dude. Matt, it's, it's, I think you salt no. <laughs> what was the first album you purchased with your own money? Oh man! Oh, I I remember I was on uh, I was on vacation with my family to visit my cousins in North Carolina, and I bought uh, Husker Du's Zen Arcade. Mm. Uh, it was on a double vinyl record, and my little cousin was like. Why did you spend so much money on a calendar? Because <laughs> it was like the same size as like a a calendar, like a you know, like d- a dates on. I was like, no, no, it's a record album. He like didn't get it at all. I was like, what? Like, I'm, what? What is that? So I clearly remember. I still have that record today. I'm, I'm That's myself, what so. my next question. Do you still have it? That's awesome. Oh yeah, still got it. <laughs> SST records, man. I got a lot of their stuff. So yeah, I was when I was growing up, we used to get a lot of uh, uh, tapes. You know, like uh, like a, like a, a friend would like uh, copy an album on a tape. Um, so, but buying an album at the store, like I have um, I, I don't I don't remember which one was the first, but one of the first was definitely uh, the White Room by the the KLF. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. very much in. 
<laughs> I remember that. And uh, that that album by the, by CNC Music Factory, I was also very very crazy about that. <laughs> but uh, my my first metal album um, was uh, Power Slave, the first CD I got. I think I might. I'm not sure if it was Power Slave or uh, Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning, but I think. Uh, I got them all at the same, in, in the same month or something. So, but uh, partially for me, I just, I have still the, the whole memory. Uh, I can, I can access it. Like I just, you know, it was morning. <laughs> I remember the sun, how it, it, it was hitting the door of the, of the, of the record store. You know, that, that moment for me was, <laughs> you know, very, very significant. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. As always, links will be listed below, so please give these guys a like, a share, and a follow. Go on to the Bandcamp page and anywhere you can, anywhere that's going to be linked below, and purchase some albums. Do get some merch. Do whatever you can. So, hell yeah! Do you guys have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm personally still uh, thinking about uh, Trevor's passing, and I've, I've never got to meet meet him in in person, but. Um... Yeah, it's still something that um, it's been, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. And uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I did not get to meet Trevor in person either. But knowing so many close friends that knew him personally, like it's been pretty devastating uh, shock to the to the heavy metal community and just underground music in general is, is I think, suffering from the loss of him. Um, yeah. On a more I positive agree. note, I do want I do want to give a shout out to um our new best friends in, uh, in Bewitcher, uh, yeah. <laughs> and being out on the road with those guys, we learned so much uh, and just through observation and just, they're like super gracious, just kind of like, you know, helping us through stuff, talking us through stuff, being like really supportive of us and, and our music. Uh, those dudes are top notch road dogs that are fucking killing it. And they are still out on tour, like all summer they're on tour. So yeah. 
if the Witcher is playing your town, you have go to go it. see them. You oh, have for to. sure. They are phenomenal. They're one of the best and hardest working uh, modern heavy metal bands today. So kudos to those dudes, man. They, they kill it. I love them. They're the best. Definitely. And I would I would be willing to say that even if whatever you're comfortable driving to a show, if you're willing to drive two hours to see Def fucking Leopard, you need to drive two hours to go see The Witcher. Yeah, because they drove fucking 12 hours to go play that time. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so seriously, check those guys out, too, because they're awesome people. For sure. Yeah. So final question of the day. If you could go back in time to to see your 18-year-old self and you could only say three words to your 18-year-old self, what would they be? <laughs> I know. Practice drums more. <laughs> <laughs> rehearse, dude. Stop fucking around. Just, like, rehearse. Ah. <laughs> awesome. Rehearse, dude, um, rehearse. <laughs> rehearse, dude, rehearse. Just do it. <laughs> Yeah, two words, huh? Um, yeah, I don't know how to say that sentence uh, in two words. But, uh, say, say it in Greek. Never, we'll never know. <laughs> it's gonna be even, even, even more, more words. Um, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I would say, uh, okay, yeah, regulate drug consumption. I would say. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, just to just to clarify, um, you know, I'm um, I don't I don't have a drug a drug problem, but uh, I would say that like as kids, we really don't have um, uh, we really don't un- understand how dangerous the things that we're playing with are, right. and uh, having having seen the other side of that uh, uh, through my life, like I can I can't believe the things that I that I got to do and how uh, unscathed I came out out of it. And, uh, you know, uh, there's the, all this glamorization about uh, taking, taking drugs and all that. And I don't know, I feel, I don't, I don't want to support that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, of course, kids are stupid and, and they have to, you know, get here to, to learn as, as we all did. But I mean, come on, man, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know. You don't have to go to extremes to uh, feel something, you know, and uh, put yourself and other people in uh, harm's way to, yeah, I don't know. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Seriously, yeah. that's, yeah, uh, slow fucking down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Moderation. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Van, Patrick, thank you guys so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. This has been super fucking rad, and it's been a great time. Uh, I appreciate everything that you guys do, and like I said, you've earned a fan for life for me, and I want to give a shout-out before we go today to Jason Gardner from the Heavy Metal Wasteland on this show who turned me on to you guys. And he, he had had an interview with you guys here a while back and did a, did an album review of, uh, uh, voices of the crony and moon. And I went out and bought it that same day and hell yeah. So give a total big (laughs) shout out to him for that. And off of voices of the crony and moon, what are we going to play out today? Mm, I would suggest the Trident. Yeah, Trident. 
All right. So you heard these guys. This is from Night. This is the Trident. <laughs>
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.